What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. We're in. We're huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My blind producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound by scene. How's it going? Boys, no guest today. We had Monte all lined up. He had some scheduling conflicts that proved to be a pain in the ass. I'm actually hoping to get him either later this week or next week. So what that means is that we have a three-man booth. Usual rules apply. I need you fuckers just to bring your A-game. I mean, just be hella funny, hella insightful. Although you're not alone, you may notice that I have a super dope-ass background on my own video today. It's weird that you haven't said anything, but that might carry the whole show. So, you know, there you go. That's my gift to you. Do you want to explain what the background means for the people who do see it? 
Well, I don't feel like it needs a fucking explanation. I mean, it says dope. We've been saying that you guys <laughs> had dope backgrounds, and I feel like there isn't a doper background than that word. So, I, and I, I don't mind reusing this phrase. If I have to explain my jokes to you every time, MP, you're getting the fuck off the show. Dude. I just need, worst case, just fake laugh. That's fine. You don't need to ask me to explain anything. Or worst case, just pick colors that aren't the rockets. Like, at least do a blue dope. So, yeah. Warriors blue. I mean, this is not the compliment that I expected or deserved. <laughs> Don't you worry about what colors it says. Just read the word and know that my background is dope. We're moving on. I'm done with the intro. The people who need to get it, get it. Let's just put it that way. I can see Maxime is nodding. He isn't really, but he would be if, uh, if I had control over everything. Gentlemen, let's do a glass half full. Look back on recent Warriors Hoop. Give me something you like or don't like or both. I've got some stuff lined up, but I've talked enough to begin us here. You guys got some? Um, I'll go. Let's see. So something I like, obviously, the the gritty win um, against the Spurs uh, the other night. You know, it's off a of back-to-back. Had a lot of people sitting out, and we were uh, down, you know, double figures in, in the fourth. And the start it showed a lot of resolve. It was helpful, I think to build the confidence for this team that we can win without the star players and, um, you know, play some good defense along the way. So uh, hopefully GP2's ankle uh, isn't too serious, but um, I think it was just a, a great confidence building win to, to help these guys, even though most of them won't be in the rotation come playoff time, it's still a big boost. And I think will help us get through these dog days with um you know, with the strong record and hopefully a top three in the West. I'll add a little emotional exclamation point to that. Last night's game was fucking amazing. Might have been the most entertaining game so far this year. And there's a ton of things that came out of there that I just loved. I love watching the future develop right now. Moses Moody looked so ready to contribute last night. He looked patient. He looked like he was full of basketball IQ. He looked ready to shoot the ball. He looked ready to hustle at every opportunity. And he wasn't the only guy. Kaminga was unbelievable. Watching him in the fourth quarter last night was like watching fucking basketball porn. You know, um, the grass is always greener. That's true. That's even true when your team's successful. While the Warriors were building a dynasty, and they have been, one of the things they never had was an athletic marvel who could just punk people at the rim, who could get layups whenever they wanted it. In fact, when we had Dieter on the show, one of the reasons he said the Warriors might not be the presumptive title favorites is they didn't have, as he put it, that dude, a guy who was just so athletic, he got what he wanted on the court. Is Kaminga going to be like that for 48 minutes in every game? Not this year. You know, maybe hopefully in the future, not immediately, but he sure as was, or sure as fuck was last night for about 10 minutes. You know, any time we needed something at the rim, Kaminga got it easily, and I loved it. And I'll add something else, man. Steph didn't play last night, but I loved watching him. Nobody was more fired up for the Warriors than Steph Curry was. Put that into perspective. This guy is the face of the fucking league. You know, he was taking a night off and well-deserved on the back end of a back-to-back. Maxime is trying to distract me with his non-dope backward switch, but I, you know, that's fine. I, don't, I will not get distracted. Um, but instead of going home early, which he would have been justified in doing, they're going back, you know, they play at Chase on Thursday. Steph not only stayed with the team, but gave everything he had supporting them. 
You know, we saw it on the telecast with him celebrating, and we heard it from Jordan Poole explaining that Steph was giving him advice all night last night. Uh, even more importantly, it shows who, um, what our character's like, you know, coming from the top of the food chain all the way down. is um, Everybody is excited for each other, wants to see everybody succeed. Um, Steph was just talking to me the entire game, the entire game, giving out um, any piece of advice. Um, personally, as a team, um, not only to me, but other guys as well. Clay was excited, and um, the group chat was blowing up a little bit. Everybody's in the group chat. So it's just it's just amazing to have the camaraderie and chemistry that, that we have. But it's not only due to basketball, it's due to you know, all the relationships and uh, the character that we have throughout the locker room. So, yep, all things generally about San Antonio, but specifics, too. It's just a fun game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, you know, like I love seeing Steph in the velour hoodie jumpsuit or whatever, right? Um, being like sort of just uh, clearly the leader of the team, even when he's not actually playing. And, you know, just to pile on a little bit more, I think that the hustle play, the final possession of the game that uh, in the San Antonio game that Jordan Poole ultimately sunk that dagger three, you know, it started with a, a Jordan Poole miss from the same point, right? And then you just saw four San Antonio players like perfectly positioned to get a rebound and yet somehow we end up with it and that comes from like the second Moses Moody on the ground situation um picking up the ball and tossing it out and like it's that kind of hustle that gets me really excited because like I mean he's still a lottery pick even though he's you know 14th overall he has I think reason to understand that he has a future in the league and for a game that is probably can chalk it up to uh you know a planned loss of the season on the second night of a back-to-back you know, there's no reason for Moody to be diving on the floor over and over again, right? Like, that's not really, you don't expect that to be somebody's MO uh, when they come in with the kind of pedigree that he does. And yet he's doing it. And it just, it gets me really excited. There's something good happening within the locker room to the point that our 14th overall pick is throwing his body down on a what should be a throwaway night. I know I already used the phrase. I'm going to drop it a second time. He was patient. That is not an easy thing to do if you're trying to break into a rotation. You know, I mean, it would have been completely understandable if he gets out there and he's rushing or he wants to prove so badly that he belongs that he's taking shots maybe when he wouldn't, you know, or that he, he misses a couple of defensive assignments. And that wasn't it at all. You know, he looked like he understood his role and was eager to contribute, but only within that role, which is not some shit rookies in general do. And there's never some shit rookies who don't get to play with the big club do the second they're given big minutes, man. So no, I'm, I'm excited for Moody. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think one of the things that has been helpful with that is um, his stints in the G League, right? So we saw Jordan Poole turn the corner when he was sent down there and played a significant amount of time down there to build his confidence, build his game, um, and maybe learn some of that patience that you're talking about, Bram. And uh, Moses has been down there more than Kaminga has, but they both come up, you know, and play uh, with with the Warriors, and they join, uh, you know, Jordan Poole, and they're our top three players, arguably with Damian Lee, you know, close close behind of the night so i think it just shows the value of of that g league and sending the players down and and having them still play and get those minutes um it it probably is a big contributor to that patience you're talking about because he's coming in and he's had basketball reps and he's had 
um, you know, game time and game speed with players who aren't NBA level, but they're just a step below, which is uh, a good practice ground. You're adding a second word. Um, it's the other side to the yin yang that I love. They weren't just patient. They were also urgent, not a combination that you see very frequently. And I think that has something to do with the G League, both. Right. Just like just like you're saying, patient, because they've seen the system and all the things that come with playing at a lower level with more minutes and the confidence that gives. But also urgent. They kind of felt like, don't send us fucking back down there. You know, like, look, look what we can do. Look what we can do. You can use this. And that urgency translated into a really fun win, not when they needed, but when I think they will help them. So, you know, last last night was um, was really encouraging is what it was. I'll give you something else I liked. Steph Curry responded to Kevin Border Jr. Uh, so I, I think we just wanted to see Steph break out of the slump in any way. So 40-point game, seven three-pointers, that's what we wanted to see. But the exclamation point I'd like to see that is Steph breaking out of a slump and dropping seven three-pointers in a 40-point game because of an upstart fucker named Kevin Porter Jr. decided to talk shit in his ear, and he let him have it, which uh, – which I'm really impressed with. Okay. I, I mean, I'll, I'll buy it. Maxine, how many pictures are you going to cycle through on the background? I mean, do you have one? Are you from the future? Do you know what I'm going to say next? Do you have <laughs> do, yeah. a picture already lined up for that as well? Mm, I'm very prescient. Yeah. <laughs> His next one is going to say patient urgency. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be way more impressed if it said dope. Let me give you something <laughs> that I don't like. And it's a super random one. Um, have you guys seen the ad for Chase Center? It's not. It's the ad that's that's trying to convince people to come to games in person. And what it does is it starts on the screen in Chase Center and then it slowly backs out and it shows that you're at the game and and whatever's happening on the screen is is underneath it. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen that one. Uh, well, there there is. There is a commercial and 90% of the commercial just features the giant video board at Chase. Here's the thing <laughs> I don't like. What the fuck are they featuring the video board at Chase for if the commercial is to go to the game? If I wanted to watch the game on TV... I would watch it at my house on TV. They know I have a television. They're showing me the commercial on it. So if, if what they would really like to do is hype up, like, look, let's be a home court advantage. Come and be a part of this magical thing that's going on. The Warriors have the best home court record in the league. They have identifiable things that they could be advertising. Why is the tagline come out and watch TV with us? Like I, it's something that doesn't make any sense to me. I, Marcus, you're in ads or used to be any explanation here. Although it'd help a little bit if you'd seen the ad MT. I, I'm not sure how you missed it since it's pretty much been on every telecast, but if you were in charge of putting together an advertising campaign to get people to come to home games, would you feature the video board? Am I being ridiculous here? I probably wouldn't. Um, uh, I have a newborn, so that's why I haven't been able to watch commercials. I just fast forward through them. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't start with that at all. My, my guess is it's COVID production related. Is It's tough to do a production with a ton of people um, and not have to wear masks in the commercial. So maybe that was their workaround to try to get a creative concept of showing the game. But it obviously didn't work too well with you. I got a little distracted because you went high and mighty with me with the whole, I've got a newborn. I don't watch commercials. <laughs> so like the first 20 seconds of that, I was spent thinking I hate Marcus. And then the last 10 seconds were spent listening to random train noises. So 
I assume it was a good answer, but I'll have to re-listen to the podcast to find out. <laughs> Maxime, have you seen the fucking ad or am I by myself here? No, and this maybe is showing a, a discrepancy in our ages. I, uh, I've i cut the cord, so uh, I stream the games and I got a different gripe with the advertisements, which is that I don't know if you've ever streamed a game on NBC Sports Bay Area or whatever, but it is literally the same three commercials on repeat over and over again. And look, I like I don't like watching commercials anyways, but like it's it's uh I don't know, I go through a gauntlet of like, oh, I you know, that's a new commercial. Oh, wow, I really hate this commercial. I can't stand seeing it anymore. And then it comes to a place of like actually being kind of like like it's my mom almost, you know, and like comfortable that this commercial is back in my life. It there's a certain consistency that I really appreciate. So, uh you can tell I'm pretty traumatized by this and yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> The good news is that I also stream games so I can associate with you. The bad news is I'm a parent. I don't have time to watch any of the commercials. So (laughs) (laughs) too bad for you. Let's go to the five golden question, boy. These questions come to us from our listeners. Our version of a mailbag occasionally gets personal. Not too bad today. Always deals with the Warriors. And here's our first. With Moody's 20.7 rebound game last night, do you think we'll see Wiseman get extended playing time in Santa Cruz before coming back to Chase. And this is kind of capitalizing on where you just came from, MT. So take the mic first. What do you think? Um, now that the Warriors have had a taste of how the G League can accelerate some of their players' development, do you think Wiseman will be down there? I do. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with um, needing to accelerate him. I think they just will put him down there so that he can get acclimated to the game speed again um, and get his wind up. So. Um, he will play down there, but it's not because they want a, him to grow like they do with um, Moody and Kaminga and, and they did with Poole. I think they, they just will use it as a um, training tool um, and he'll just get thrown in the fire again, almost might, maybe even start in lineup if he comes back in time. If I was faster, my background now would read disagree. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think he will spend time down there. I do agree with you about that almost wholeheartedly but I think some of it will be development, not physically, you know, um, although he'll want to get his win back and not to learn the system. He's already been in it a year. So I think he knows that, but I think we will see it to develop his confidence. Um, You know, we heard it from Connor a little last week saying that one of the reasons the Warriors may not have announced the extra surgery is because they were worried about the impact on his psyche, you know, like what that news would do. And what that says without saying it, and it's not a secret, I mean, we've seen it, is that this kid always seems pretty concerned. He doesn't seem to be bolstered by an amazing amount of confidence. So if we can get him down there and not only give him 30 minutes, but hopefully 30 points a couple of times, you know, revive him the way that Jordan Poole did, I think that would be really helpful for him. Uh, Clean sweep, Maxime, where are you on this? Yeah, I agree. I think the the benefits that we saw kind of play out last night with that 20-point uh, seven rebound game from Moody. We we knew when he was drafted that he had a beautiful shot, um, and that he had a great success rate in in college of you know knocking down the three point shot, right? So when he came into the NBA and he wasn't hitting it at a good clip, um, you know it's pretty clear. And when he went down to the G League and then has now come back, that that's really helped him out. And I think that's a confidence thing. It's not a physicality thing. He really needed to get in the reps, feel what it was like to be in a professional environment, um, and then ultimately that paid off. And so you know we saw Wiseman. Maybe it was less like you said about um, his 
physical uh, gifts and more about just how like bummed out he gets when the play doesn't go his way uh, I would just love to see him work through that just you know and, and it it's uh, it's pretty exciting to see that the G League is now then you had Moody posting on his Instagram about the G League All-Stars beating the San Antonio Spurs there's there's almost a destigmatization right that's happening with this G League um, you know it's not like the minor leagues of baseball it, it's more and more becoming a thing with the G League Ignite and all of these other uh, mechanisms that are turning it into a place that is actually like even if you're a number two overall pick there's some pride in playing for the c-dubs give credit where it's due i think i've dropped this point before but i'm nothing if not repetitive um the warriors have announced themselves as light years ahead i guess not the warriors joey light years did yeah and that's yeah, a little hyperbolic and a little ridiculous but every now and again we hit a subject where they were fucking light years ahead when they first acquired that G League team, it wasn't in Santa Cruz. It was in like Montana or something. I forget where it was. And then they moved it. They built an arena in Santa Cruz and they put it right down the way. And when they first did that, the idea was, well, look, we want people to come back and forth. We want them to be familiar with the system. We want it to be one continuous learning environment. And fine. I mean, I, I remember not really caring about any of those articles. Well, fast forward to right now. And you're seeing that they were light years ahead. They were right about that stuff. You know, when when Moody goes down to Santa Cruz and puts up a 30-point night, he's not just bolstering his confidence. He's not just getting minutes. He's doing that within a system that they also run at the big club. You know, the, the, that kind of experience and the knowledge to, to realize its advantage helps this team, man. Um, and it's a big fucking thing. And the idea of bolstering confidence isn't new within a game if somebody starts off cold what do we want from them take some layups get some easy ones you know maybe get to the line we even see when steph was was during his slump and the ball would come to a stop and he'd take a three defenders would do that kevin garnett thing where they they stop it even though the or block it even though the the ball was dead because they don't want him to get his confidence up g league's a similar deal you know get an easier shot go get some some easy success and then let that success propel you forward in the nba side too so yeah i, I do think we'll see a lot of wisemen down in santa cruz that's a that's actually like a, a really good point they talk about um visualizing the game before it even happens i mean i did that you know when i was running track and cross country just like visualizing the race before it's a it's a big thing you know what's better than visualization actually seeing the ball go through the hoop you know it doesn't matter if you're in santa cruz or in in san francisco i think uh that's definitely going to help you out my first year in high school basketball and this is the year before i played with umt I remember first talking to my mom and she was like, oh, you know, like meditation can really help maybe visualize your shots as it's going down. Great. And so before one of the practices, I remember going into the locker room early, put on some headphones, sat down and visualized myself making a three-pointer. And I was going to visualize it 10 times. Five times, it felt pretty good. Seven times, I felt very confident. As I rounded into the 10th, before I could visualize it, a teammate I barely knew came in and said, Bram, what the fuck are you doing? We've been waiting for 20 minutes. Why the hell are you not in practice? And so strangely... That visualization didn't take me to the next level, but maybe it's just because the G League wasn't in my life. You know, boys, I, I, I just wasn't in the right environment. Here's our second question. Last week, we learned that Wiggins would be an all-star starter. This week, we found out that one of the reasons that may have happened was because of a K-pop music star's social media feed. The Sporting News reported just recently that, quote, controversially, some of Wiggins' fan vote was influenced by Warriors Global Ambassador and K-pop star Bam Bam 
tweeting in support of Wiggins. Each tweet and retweet is counted as a vote, and Bam Bam tweeted stating that Wiggins was an all-star, um, and that tweet was retweeted 38,000 times. So the ultimate idea of this question is that Wiggins is an all-star probably because of K-pop star Bam Bam, and here's the actual question. Does the fact that Bam Bam may have helped Wiggins get into the game make you enjoy his all-star selection any less? I'll go first on this one. Fuck no. Fuck no, it does not. I don't even really know what K-pop is, but I'm a huge Bam Bam fan. I, I mean, <laughs> let's go. It's surprising I'm not listening to it right now. And here's the main reason. The idea of celebrities getting their fans to vote for their favorite NBA guys into the All-Star game isn't new, and it's not limited to Andrew Wiggins. This year, for example, Kendall Jenner tweeted her followers to tell everybody to vote for her boyfriend, uh, Devin Booker. Grizzlies minority owner Justin Timberlake urged to vote for Ja Morant. This is going on everywhere for other players. That we happen to do it better with bigger stars only underlines that he deserves this shit. We suck them in with his play, with this team's excellence, and now not only is he playing better basketball, he's getting better fucking celebrities than you guys. So <laughs> does it bother me in any way? Hell no, it does not. It's a cherry on top. I, I am more excited about it with Bam Bam. In fact, I might buy a Bam Bam jersey. And again, I don't know who Bam Bam is, but I'm a big fan. <laughs> How about you guys? You bothered by it? No, not at all. I agree. I think the it's probably a, a nod to the light years thing, too. I mean, I don't know if any other players or organizations have tried to tap into K-pop, but K-pop is powerful as fuck. So if that was the first of its kind, uh, hat tip of the hat. If not, then still tip of the hat for doing it well. Um, I think it just it's it mandates Back in the day when Dirk Nowitzki used to be at the free throw line, he used to sing a song um, to himself at the free throw line. And the song was David Hasselhoff's um, song because for some reason he was a big hit in Germany with his song, one song that he had. So I think uh, Andrew Wiggins now has to sing Bam Bam at the free throw line <laughs> moving forward. The idea of uh, Dirk just singing outwardly to other people, like not to himself. I love that. <laughs> also, if Maxime had switched his background to a picture of Dirk singing, I would have accused him of being a witch. Like just right now, <laughs> I would not have been careful to be on here anymore. Maxime, let me change the question. Assume you are Wiggins, right? Or it's you, you've been voted into the All-Star game the first time, you're really excited. You think it's because of the fans, you know, it's, it's your basketball accomplishment. And then this article comes out and you find out, well, you got some help from some outside basketball, uh, influence would it bother you like how how would it hit you personal yeah i mean i was shocked when it happened uh because i think he was a fringe all-star um or is quite frankly not regardless of the selection um so the thing is is that you know wiggins probably like like we've learned with kevin durant has a huge team of people uh processing the media and letting him know what's going on so i would be surprised if wiggins was surprised but i will say that you know i think in addition to this being a light year's move for the Warriors, I think it's a light year's move for the NBA. You know, we're talking about trying to make this game go more global. And like, even if 5% of those, you know, 100,000 people who retweeted it uh, convert into Wiggins fans, that's a fantastic thing for, for the NBA at large. And so, yeah, I would like, I mean, to MT's point, right? I'd be singing Bam Bam songs at the free throw line. I'd be, I'd be the Clay Thompson of 
um, Korea, right? If I was Andrew Wiggins, going out there and trying to just capitalize on this as much as possible because it's a benefit to him and his career. You know, maybe there's some great shoe deal um, in South Korea. I don't really know what the leading shoe designer is out there, but there's got to be one. Um, you know, and I think it's just it's it's going to be great for the league as a whole, even if it is a little bit obnoxious right now that Wiggins got in over, um, you know, Rudy Gobert or, or some of the other more deserving candidates. Um, I just think I think it's going to be great. If I was Andrew Wiggins and I've not only been in the league since 2014, but people have been shoving all star lack of all star selections up my ass since 2014 and I get in and I find out that, that it's this. Do I care? Hell no. If they accidentally thought I was LeBron James and gave me like the wrong invitation, I'd come in with a jersey that said James on the back and be <laughs> hell of happy. So no, it wouldn't bother me if this was a legitimate asterisk. And for all the reasons we just discussed, it's not. It is not. He's not limited. Anybody else could have had this boost. He was the one who secured it. Of course, there shouldn't be, I don't know, any nasty feelings behind it. Or at least I don't think there should be. Um, before I move on, I'll ask you, MT, what do you think? I, I think it would kind of bother you. I don't think you'd say it, but I think once you found out it would, I, I don't know, it wouldn't be as special to you as it would be if you had just been um, put in because of basketball reasons. Yeah, it would take some of the shine off if it wasn't pure basketball reasons, especially if I'm having a career year, um, which I think Wiggs is, not just stats-wise, but just the way he's impacting the game. Um, but I still don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, he shouldn't be like Devin Booker should be there. Right. Um, they're the, have the best record in the league. He's one of the better players. Um, but I just don't, you know, like that's the way the vote goes. And I think Andrew Wiggins is deserved of the consideration. So the fact that he got that little bit of boost because of, you know, the fan vote, which counts like he's playing within the rules and, you know, I'm, I would, I would, I would feel okay with it, but internally I would feel a little like a little off about it just because it wasn't purely basketball related. Let me double check your suggestion that Devin Booker should, should be in the game. I'm uh, I'm going to look up Bam Bam's Twitter account. Nothing, <laughs> nothing in there about Devin Booker. So I'm going to have to push back. That's not true. At all. Um, although I will say we got some feedback recently and this made me think of it. Not, immediately applicable now. Um, and in fact, I'm not prepared for this. I would have uh, printed it out and I had it in front of me, but someone was nice enough to write in, don't have their name. But what they said is like, look, the, the huddle is me. When I listen, it has both portions of my personality. 99% of the time I'm normal and rational like Maxime and Marcus. But when I lose my shit, I'm just like Bram. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that doesn't <laughs> like I like when it when it started, the huddle is me. And it started, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this makes me feel so good. And then I got to the end and I lost my shit. And the thing that sucks is that's what the guy was saying. It's like, <laughs> he's like, Maxime is a witch. She knows what's going to happen in the future. Here's our next. And this one came from Patreon Noah. Quote, I know the Warriors are very thin at center, but no real roster spots. Are the Warriors willing to cut anyone on the roster if the right center comes up via the buyout market? So I'm viewing this as two different questions. Are there centers out there that the Warriors would have any interest in? And then two, who on this roster, if there are centers out there, would you be willing to cut to bring them in? First one, I'll save. All right. I think Bonte actually has some knowledge on this. So we'll keep that in pocket. But talk to me about the second one. So we spent a bunch of time early on saying this roster is untouchable. You know, the kumbaya they've created is more valuable than any new blood. 
changed a little bit recently. You know, we've noticed that maybe we could uh, we could benefit some some exercise, and not everybody is uh, is not expendable. So let me ask you: Is there anybody on this roster who you would be willing to cut and bring in new blood for? I would. Um, I think it's a very delicate balance that you have to strike with not messing up the team chemistry. But I think if given the possibility to upgrade for the right player, I would cut Chioza. Two-way guy though, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you figure out a way to make it work and send somebody else down and, you know, yeah. like did, you, did do you, all, you do all the contract it. gymnastics that are needed, but yes. Yeah, I don't think there's any contract. There, but that's like saying I'd cut one of the water boys and hope that we could put them <laughs> in on the playoff roster. I don't think the two-way fucking counts, man. Give me he went three for three on threes and was a big player in that first victory. Who could actually play for the team long-term. Is there anybody on a real contract who you would cut? Chioza. <laughs> okay. I mean, nice of you. just edit his terrible answer out and let's, let's pretend like I'm answering or asking it for the first time. So let's from out here. Maxime, let's start with you. What do you think, man? Is there anybody on this roster who you'd let go? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Witherspoon. <laughs> it's, not funny. it's not funny at all. I'll just have you know. And the fact that Marcus is laughing does not mean it's funny. It means he's self-serving. I'll give you an answer. Elitza. Um, I, I have fallen out of love with Bielitsa. He is, in fact, a full contract guy. He's not a two contract guy. I, this is not fair for me to say. I haven't spent one second in the locker room, but he doesn't feel indispensable from the kumbaya angle either. All of this, I mean, we're, we're negotiating in the blind. Um, you know, we don't know who's coming back in. So if what we're talking about is like converting Chiosa to a full way deal or his Weatherspoon, then no. But it's if, if somebody of real worth, somebody who could help them get rebounds and maybe guard down low, I'd be willing to get rid of uh, of Nemanja. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I think this is, you know, when, when we sort of argued this question before, it, it ultimately comes back to what you're going to get in return for that. Um, and I just, I don't know that the equivalent exchange for Nemanja Bielica is going to be enough to get anybody of any sort of sizable return back to the point that, right, Bielitsa early in the season provided some value, right? He could sort of like rough and tumble with smaller fives. He could knock down the three occasionally. Sure, he's fallen out of the rotation. We've seen that it's not consistent enough. But is is some center that we get in return for somebody like Bielitsa going to be any more consistent on the court? They're going to provide any more value than Bielitsa does? Uh, not that I can see. It also depends on, I agree, that it depends on when and if Wiseman comes back because Wiseman needs those minutes, right? Like at mm-hmm. some point, even with the G League stint that you want to send him down to Bram, which I think is a good idea as well. At some point, he's going to have to come back up and he needs those minutes. So um, if you bring in somebody who plays too well, then you have to choose between you have the three-headed monster problem, right? You have this player X, whoever it would be, Loon, who's having a phenomenal year. And, you know, like shout out to Loon for stepping it up. Um, and then you have Wiseman. So there's not a ton of minutes to go there. And especially when we go to our small ball, close the game lineup, like he'd be getting 10 minutes a game. It's that question mark that pushes me towards the need. If we knew for sure that Wiseman can come in and actually guard Aiton, you know, so I, I think we know for sure. I mean, you know, I, I haven't traveled to June of this year yet, but I think that if the Warriors are going to get to where we think they want to go, 
they're going to have to go through Phoenix. Um, and it also looks like they'll probably be playing in Phoenix. Maybe the, the Suns are going to have the home court advantage. If we're right about that, then we've got a size problem, gentlemen. Not a new one. Talked about it. If we knew for sure that Wiseman could guard the post against Aiton, um, even against Bismack, who's been playing really well for them, then this need and the associated need of getting rid of Bia Bia would be way less. Because we know we got a guy. Here he comes. Without knowing that, with, with being literally 50-50, maybe he can help, maybe he can't, maybe he's better suited in the G, um, I wouldn't mind looking around and bringing in some veteran guy who I know could give us, even if it was just 15 minutes of backup post defense behind Loon to help us there. Um, and so, you know, we don't have a name, which makes this a half-assed conversation, and we'll fill in the other side. But I, it, it's not... We rewind this a few months ago. I would have told you I don't want to get rid of anybody. I did tell you that. Now I can see the need. I can see why we would at least consider other centers. Am I off base? Well, I, I just, I guess, let me pose it as a question, right? Like, put aside the actual math for the cap situation. Would you prefer to have the 50-50 shot or whatever it's going to be of Wiseman being successful or the equivalent of, like, somebody at the MLE? Right now? And I get yeah. uh, MLE. If I, if what, I mean, if what your question is, is certainty versus a question mark, I'd take certainty. So, right. So as in like, you would trade Wiseman for somebody that's making the MLE right now. Not, no, I'm sorry. No, I would not trade. This all considers, I, I don't get me wrong. I believe in Wiseman's future. I think he will contribute to a playoff roster. I just don't know if that playoff roster is going to be 2022. You know, he, we might find out he needs some more time. The weird thing about the Warriors is that they're doing two trips at once, right? They're trying to develop and they're trying to win. The thing that that costs us bringing somebody in is the development part. And that's the part, that's the way I'm reading your question is, you know, would I prefer develop Wiseman and get rid of certainty or have certainty and not develop Wiseman for this year? It's the certainty. It is, you know, and that's, I, I, that might be selfish, but I think that the Warriors can have their cake and eat it too. This might be one of the ways they can do it. I just wonder too if we're trying to solve for a problem that we're making worse. Like to me, in a playoff situation, if Bridges is guarding Steph and and Aiton is guarding Draymond, Draymond goes and sets the screen and gets the switch. Like Phoenix, we will run that to death, and we will run Aiton off the court because he doesn't have the lateral movement to keep up with Steph. We, I think, purposefully didn't run that a lot against them hedging that we would need to get them, you know, like with that play in the playoffs. But um, I, I just feel like whoever we would get the MLE, like there aren't a ton of people out there who can guard eight. Aiden is just a solid player. So maybe it's one of those, you know, like you let Aiden eat as much as you want and you try to clamp down Chris Paul and Devin Booker and then let the chips fall where they may. To be crystal clear on it, I don't want the Warriors to wrap a offensive or defensive philosophy around whoever the fuck they bring in, right? I just want them to have another bullet for Kerr's gun. You know, when you're describing how they attacked Phoenix, you know what word wasn't involved in that? Bialica. You know, who we'd be giving up, Nemanja, isn't a huge part of the way that we're going to be beating Phoenix. If if we bring this guy in and we only use him for I mean, whoever the hell it is, but we only use him for like five, seven minutes, if they just helped in those five or seven minutes, that will help us get past Phoenix. And I guess my point is, at least as things stand right now, if I had to give those five to seven minutes to Bielitsa or a center to be named down the line, 
it's not a guarantee, but I think right now I'm hedging towards the MLE center. Yeah, it's fair. You could even consider Chioza if you wanted to. I will not. I will not consider Chioza. And I feel we're going to send you to like a contract, like, I don't know, class, something, so that you're not giving me ridiculous answers. What I'll give you, though, is a new question. Here it is. Quote, this this question has a uh, a quote from a Reddit post about last night's game and then ultimately follows up with a question. Here's the Reddit post. Quote, I told my five-year-old daughter that she's going to bed after the game. In the second quarter, she negotiated and said, if they don't win, I get to stay up and play video games. She was confident she was going to get it to stay up until the last two minutes. Thank you, Warriors, for helping me send her ass to bed early. That's the end of the Reddit post. Here's the question. Question, Bram, this you? <laughs> uh, so answer of course not to that's fucking ridiculous my daughter is six not five so i mean i would never do this but i will tell you that i'm not above gambling with my kid in any way we have a fish tank at the house and just literally last night she and i bet on which fish would eat the most food and i beat her little ass and i haven't collected i haven't collected yet but i'll take it out of her allowance you know she'll the, the casino always gets paid. You know what I mean? The house has to get its money. Uh, but to answer this gentleman, no, no, no. Uh, no actual negotiations with my daughter last night. MT, you're a father. You think uh, if there's any gambling between you and and your now infant kid or are you too busy watching commercials? <laughs> um, there hasn't been any yet, but uh, if there is, then I'm in, I'm in trouble because she already is a tough negotiator for what she wants anything that she wants another pacifier another bottle i just break down immediately so i'm not looking forward to if those stakes start getting raised to my income so i can help you with that stop saying no just say yes to everything it's hella easier it is what it is and that's that's my version of parenting corner with brown yeah just say yes and see what happens here's our next question gentlemen Shams announced this week that JTA will be a part of the dunk contest, along with Houston Rockets rookie guard Jalen Green, New York Knicks forward Obi Toppin, Orlando Magic guard Cole Anthony. If you could pick anyone in the league to be in the dunk contest this year, who would it be? Uh, I'll give you guys a few names to give you some time to think. So I kind of split them up. Yeah, it'd be like current dudes or just like legacy guys who I would like to see. So current guys, this is my top one. It's not close. John Moran. Yeah, I mean, there's not. That's it. Yep. Yeah, if if what they said was, here's your option. We could have six people, none of which named Ja, have a contest to figure out who the best was. You can pick all the other six. Or we could just have Ja go out there and do his three best dunks. You wouldn't be able to finish the fucking question. Yes, Ja, 100%. Ja. If he just went out there and blocked people with two hands, I'm on board. That's exactly what I want. If I'm, I got to go a little bit further than him. Another young guy I'll give you is Anthony Edwards. Um, he has both the athleticism and the athletic anger that leads to like a great dunk contest performance. So he's he's my rounding out of the younger generation. Here's the legacy guys. First one is more, I guess not legacy, but uh, because of athleticism, Zach Levine. And then we've got LeBron. At some point, I just want to see him be a part of it. And if I'm going LeBron, I wouldn't mind including Giannis as well. Um, tall guys are kind of boring in dunk contests, but that kind of pedigree would speak to me. So those are my guys. Any additions? I got two. 
One, uh, Aaron Gordon. I still think he was robbed and was the rightful winner um, against Zach Levine. So, um, and against Derek Jones Jr. Shout out D Wade for sabotaging that one. Um, and I'm going to go a really wild card one here, but I think the entertainment value would be worth it alone. Ben Simmons doesn't play a single game the entire season and then just comes out for the dunk contest wearing a Philly jersey. Let's go. I love that. He should come out with like a bandage on his head. <laughs> like I'm so hurt, but I think I can definitely do this. Can anyone explain to me, by the way, the mental disability he's been providing? Like, so let me first say, I couldn't believe in nor support more mental health. You know, this is not a shot at that. Anybody going through that, God knows I'm crazy enough. Anybody going through difficulties that require, you know, any kind of assistance, I, I believe in it and more power to them. But this duality of Ben Simmons, who is saying on one side, look, literally, I have a medical inability to play because of my mental health right now. I cannot play. League continue to pay me because I have this disability the same way I would as if I had a broken leg. And then on the other side saying, but also if you trade me, I could play immediately. What the <laughs> fuck is this mental disability? It's playing in Philly. Like it has nothing to do with basketball. It's just the jersey he has to put on. Um, and so there's a disconnect there that doesn't immediately speak to me, but that's not what this podcast is about. Maxine, who's your dunk contest field? Well, okay. So, but, but before we, before we do that, I just want to respond because I feel like either, yeah, this is totally fabricated because Joel Embiid kind of continues to throw shade at him in a way that says to me, like, you know, people, especially the NBA is a brotherhood, right? And I think if there was some serious mental health issues going on, even Joel Embiid would be like, whoa, I, I understand and I'm not going to poke the bear. The flip side is maybe Joel Embiid is just a crazy motherfucker. And like, that is the cause of the mental health problems. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're seeing it in real time that this dude is just brutal to his teammates. So I don't know, 50, 50. Um, <laughs> Embiid is just sending him like nonstop screenshots of Simmons not shooting against Atlanta. Just a bunch of shit. This you? This you still? Or yeah, what's, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Showing him his, his vote. Uh, Joel Embiid's personal tweet out for um, Clutch Sports for Ben Simmons being in the All-Star game. Like, no, you should do this. It'd be great. <laughs> I actually have a $1,000 bet with my six-year-old that Simmons will not be playing this year. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I, I don't think she knows shit. So I will be getting that <laughs> Not if Bam Bam's involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out for Bam Bam. That's, that's who Clutch needed. In any case, um, I, I, I'll give you two, right? The first one is just uh, Bull Bull. I think it'd be hilarious to see somebody that doesn't need to jump. <laughs> just like just the absurdity of the whole situation would be very funny to me. Um, but that's that's a joke. I actually uh, part two, and maybe we've been avoiding Warriors players um, because it's part two of the question. But quite frankly, um, I think Gary Payton the second would be the the most fun. It's exactly what you were saying of having shorter guys in the dunk contest is what's really fun. That's what makes John Morant so exciting. He's not the shortest guy, but his hops are unbelievable. And I think the same is true for Gary Payton. It'd be fantastic to see him in a dunk contest. So hold that thought. We'll cover it in two seconds. Let me just say your bowl bowl idea actually isn't ridiculous, but not in the way you're thinking. I would vote to have bowl bowl included, but he should just get dunked on by everybody. <laughs> like, like that's his thing is he just stands underneath like this and then they just go off and they shit in his face. And I think it would make each dunk really exciting. Um, let's turn to the GP2 suggestion. And you're right, Maxime. It's the second part of this question. This listener also asked, all right, before, we were talking about the full field of the entire league. Now, limit the dunk contest to just the Warriors roster. Who would you pick? 
Because I think what the implication here is, and Maxime already kind of answered it, is I don't think anybody picks JTA. Look, great dunk against JaVale. I love JTA, but I'm not sure he's my first guy. Um, and I will say I agree with GP2. Not just for the reasons that Maxime just uh, outlined. I like smaller guys. I love athletic guys. And he has that same athletic anger that I was mentioning with Anthony Edwards. But I also like if GP2 is in this dunk contest, you know who else is? GP1. There's no way the glove isn't involved. There's no way he's going to throw him an alley. He's going to get jumped over something. And if you can have a father-son duo at a dunk contest, you do that 12 times out of 10. You just do it. All right. Um, the other guy who I would consider, in fact, I would pick Kaminga. Uh, the every time he has a fast break, it feels like a dunk contest on its own. He is Mr. Highlight. You know, I, I just described him as the only guy who I've watched on the Warriors who can physically bully his way to the, the hoop anytime he wants it. So would I like to see him attack Bull Bull on a uh, on a consistent basis? Hell yeah. So those would be my two. Yeah, those are good selects. I mean, I think his Kaminga's windmill against the Spurs, how effortless it was, shows that he would be a fun watch. Um, but yeah, I'm going to obviously GP2 um, would be my first selection. Uh, Kaminga, close second. And then, you know, I'm going to go with the indispensable Chris Chioza jumping over <laughs> Bielitsa for the third pick. I'm not. I'm not going to even respond to that, Marcus. I will not be dragged to your. You can change your background to dope anytime. Your bullshit sense of humor. No, I'm not going to rehash that humor either. You can only have a dope background once, and I've already spent that bullet. Um, All right, we got one more question, but I have two on my sheet, so I'm going to let you guys pick from the blind. One or two. Oh, this is a big. This is a big decision. You're just going to throw it out there like this? Wow. I'm going to pick if you don't make it soon. Let's go two. Two. Two it is. We go back to Patreon Noah. Quote, is there one piece of sports memorabilia you own that you would never part ways with, even for the right price? So before you get there, let me ask, are you guys sports memorabilia people? Because I'll tell you, there was a period of time when I collected basketball cards like it was going to save my life in the future. Like I was like preparing for a drought that I would be able to drink these basketball cards in the event of no water. Um, And I thought it was going to be like me passing them down, like the most valuable things ever. You know, I still, I I keep them, you know, separated as if it's like, they're like radiated or something like there's never been more protection and they're the most important things in my life. But I think I'd probably sell them. In fact, that's why I own them is so that at some point I could get rid of them. Um, so the closest I have to an answer to this, although they could buy it from me, I was at game three of the 89 World Series. That's the uh, that's the series the Giants lost to the A's. But for more importantly, game three was the game that was interrupted by the 89 Quake. Um, and so, you know, the Kind of a cool piece of memorabilia. It's up on my wall. You know, I, I feel like it's special. There's a very limited amount of them out there. Also, if either of you wanted to buy it fucking right now, let's talk price. You know, I mean, I'm not going to give it up for free, but you could definitely uh, wrestle it out for my possession. That's pretty dope. Um, I uh, that's, that's definitely a cool piece of history. That was right before I was born. So I'm going to let you know that I was not at that game. Um, but uh, yeah, that also devalues my interest in purchasing for it. 
but regardless. could have just said I wasn't at that game. We didn't need to know whether or not you were born. That feels like a totally unnecessary shot of my age, and I hate you. Yeah, I just wanted to remind you once again why I'm uh, streaming games and not watching them over cable. In any case, I I remember uh, you in your three repeating commercials, and I hope that's all you get to watch next time. (laughs) I... So the, the this piece of specific sports memorabilia that I own is kind of I'm future proofing, right? It's a it's a the town authentic Steph jersey, and the reason I'm future proofing is like I hold out hope that one day, you know, probably after he's retired, I will get a chance to actually meet Steph in person and get him to sign it. I just that's such a cool jersey. It's such a quintessential piece of history, even though it's only recent history. Um, and the fact you know it's my only authentic jersey. It's you know it's like the same material that they actually use in their game worn jerseys. Obviously, it's not game worn but I just really love that piece. Marcus, if it's not signed and it wasn't game worn, is it memorabilia or is it just a fucking jersey? Because that sounds like it's just a jersey. Yeah. Like, did you Future buy proofing. a locker, dude? Because I don't feel like this counts as Future memorabilia. memorabilia. Future, future memorabilia. Thank you. Marcus like gets it. Okay, dude, this piece of paper is future memorabilia too. I plan on having it signed by every member of the team. Like, I, don't, I don't think that you got the question and I'm a little bit fueled by your stupid I'm hell of young take. So you should probably keep that piece of paper safe then if that's what you plan on doing with that i you know what i wouldn't sell it i wouldn't sell it in the world noah i found it it's this blank piece of paper man future memorabilia uh let's see for me it's probably uh, nobody would buy it because it doesn't have the same sentimental value but um i grew up an a's fan and uh walt weiss hit a ball into foul territory and i got it so after that point, Walt Weiss was always super cool. The A's are definitely better than the Giants. Um, so uh, that's my piece of memorabilia. I think that counts. He didn't sign it, but he hit it. It's kind of a piece of memorabilia. The part that it doesn't really matter. Nobody wants to sign that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one person. I think like the other, like what this question contemplated was like, would you sell it? But it also, without asking, is would somebody buy it? Answer. <laughs> No, at least somebody would buy fucking Maxime's jersey. You know, I mean, they wouldn't buy it as sports memorabilia, but like they might be interested in having a Steph jersey. Well, this was a very well struck Walt Weiss foul ball. So I would put that in the description. And who knows what happens on eBay? Who knows? Speaking of who knows, I just like the card thing reminded me. I found out in the pandemic that all of a sudden Pokemon cards have um, shot up in value. And like when I, I was you, Bram, when I was in fifth grade, I collected Pokemon cards like nobody's business. Like I had them in binders. <laughs> I had them like in sleeves. I got like, I got holographic ones for literally every single of the 151 Pokemon. So like, there's definitely some value there. You know, I know that's not sports memorabilia, but like I can relate on the, uh, the Only if you can get a Pokemon to sign one. Is it memorabilia in Bram's book? Oh, I see. I see. I see. I, we need to start defining words before we have these <laughs> conversations. I mean, a hundred percent we do, but I do have a follow-up. When's the last time you leafed through those Pokemon cards? Uh, a couple of weeks ago when I found out that they might be worth something. So, but yeah, to be fair, that was the first time in like a decade and a half. Marcus, I do not believe him. I feel like he looks at that shit like once a week. And I think that the news that they became more valuable was actually bad news. I think he secretly wants to keep them. And now he feels the pressure like he has to sell them. And I think, yeah, that's just a little reveal into my interpretation of this scenario. Don't give in, Maxime. Hold it tight. Just like all the people that want to buy my foul ball. I don't, I don't give in. 
Maxime, do you have any <laughs> random pieces of sports equipment that were hit by baseball players I don't fucking recognize at all at all? I've spent the last like two to three minutes trying to come up with a list of people I give less of a shit about than Walt Weiss, and so far I've zero. Zero people. No, well, zero people. I've come up with one thing, Pokemon cards. But it's a very short list, man. So, I mean, weird times. <laughs> I did, you know, I did go to an A's Diamondbacks game when I was like nine, and some random Diamondbacks player that I didn't know tossed me a ball, you know, when they were like warming up, and so I have that somewhere. So there, there you go, somebody less important, invaluable. At least three bitcoins for that, if, you, if you're wondering. Here's a random piece of information for everybody who wrote in super angry about the fart segment last week that we spent too much time speaking about things that aren't basketball related. I hope you're loving this segment, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure that you were wondering about which of us has caught a foul ball and whether or not we would sell it. So you may want to rewind it and play it again in case it wasn't long enough. Ah, huge fun. You guys, true every week, certainly true this week. No guest presence to sell, so I'll just go right to us. Our social media is limited to a single thing out there. It's our Twitter account, and it's at Warriors Huddle. We have an email where you can reach out to us, let us know we've done well, we've done poorly. You can get us some questions. You can make an offer on Marcus's foul ball. That email is huddle at warriorshuddle.com. And last but certainly not least, we are also on Patreon. You may hear us talk about this all the time. That's because it means the world to us. This thing's it's fun. It's also a lot of work. One of the main reasons we um, enjoy doing it is the incredible support we get from you guys. And the biggest form of that support is on Patreon. You want to be one of the people who helps us out and gets to watch our video and the various background changes that that has. Hop up on to Patreon and you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and if you give us the full amount uh, the $15 a month, you become one of our executive producers where you are basically a member of the team and we'll give you a shout out at the end of every episode. Today, let me thank our executive producers, Steve, Rob, Noah, Jeff, Cheryl, and Amy. You are awesome. We appreciate you. And if you want to buy a 1989 World Series, holler. I'm around. I can also facilitate bets between you and a certain six-year-old. I won't give you details now. Just reach out to us. That in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.